0: Realize that everybody is in this together. Yeah. Everybody wants this to work. Yes. And they're just coming at it from two different points of view. So, you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag One Team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment, and how it applies to you. Here we go.
1: Sangram here. Welcome to the Flip My Podcast. We have a returning guest, Tim Kopp, and uh, you may have or may if may, may not have listened to the podcast we did, but I think it's one of the top 10 podcasts, which is The Ideal CML. Nice. Uh, it is one of the top 10 podcasts, and uh, I think people still refer to it and tag it because it really allowed us to talk about, what are the different roles of a CMO? Yeah. So if you haven't listened to, you know, please go listen to that podcast. And and Tim is uh, with Hypark and has been a CMO at Exact Target, has been at Coke, is now a VC. In full disclosure, he's an investor in Terminus, and we're about to go yeah. have our board meeting. We are getting ready to roll <laughs> in like
0: a half
1: hour <clears throat> in thirty minutes. We're about to go have a board meeting, and and Tim and I were talking about like what could be a topic that we can chat about, and uh, Tim suggested, how about marketing's role in a board? meeting. And I, I can totally relate to it because I've been in it, you have been in it, but I don't know how much people understand
0: and recognize. So Tim, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. And I appreciate you having me back. This is a topic I'm super passionate about. I think it's because I'm one of the few people who have led, I guess I've sat on both sides of the table Right. Yeah. So I empathize very much with the operators. and Now I empathize very much with the venture side mm. and I find that there's actually a really big strategic disconnect between VCs and investors and marketing leaders. And I find that a lot of board meetings can really go south in a hurry. And there's a few reasons for that one. And I'd actually place Equal blame on both sides, mm. but the blame has to sit more with the operating executive because in mm. this case, it's the it's the it's the investor's job to ask probing questions. I will say it, it's tough for an investor to know what questions to ask mm. unless the operator sets expectations. For example, if you come in in your board package and you present a bunch of slides on leads, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to be asked a hundred questions on leads, yeah. And if you don't, and I think. I was really fortunate to have kind of a financial background, but you have to have command and mastery over your business at a financial level, not just at a strategic or at a brand building level, but really having mastery. So those are a couple of the reasons we can dive in deeper, but this is a big, big issue. And I find that of all the different functions that present, the topics that are the two most challenging is when the CTO is presenting technology and roadmap, because the, the investors <laughs> yes. always want more detail yeah. and understand. where it's yeah, going. But, but, where, but the one that goes sideways the most quickly is with marketing. Do you think um,
1: that, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past podcast, that marketing is always needed by almost every function to do their job. Yes, very well right like if, if the product uh, there's something wrong with the with the product not getting absorbed in the market the right way well we don't have better good product marketing. If the customer success team is having pain on retention, well, we don't have great customer testimonials. Uh, If the marketing, if the sales team does not have great demand, well, clearly marketing is not driving demand. The job is demand. Oh, a brand perception on the quadrants are not right. Oh, marketing is not doing a good job with the analyst relations. So it almost feels like you can't escape any of those things. Yeah, and so your point of like, are you setting the table right? Are you setting the expectations right? Uh, and I wonder how much of that is to very clearly own that here are the 10 things that everybody wants us to do yes. and be very clear about it. But here are only
0: the three things you yes. can actually do. Yes. Do you see that happening? Absolutely. And this is what I think. That This is my advice. Yeah. Just to be very direct. Okay. Prioritization is the number one thing. So coming in and saying, I've captured much like a product manager would. Yeah. I understand this is what the market's looking for. Yeah. So the first thing you do is you go around and you listen. You capture all the set of requirements and you say, based on that and based on my experience, here's the three things that I believe that we need to do to really lean in on. And then, by the way, demand generation and lead generation, you know, marketing exists to support sales at the end of the day. As this way out of the woods is you have to just embrace that fact. Don't run from it know the metrics inside and out and come in you will earn the credibility to go and do the funner stuff. Yeah. Like (laughs) if you manage your financial capital, well, you get the political capital to go and do the fun stuff. Yeah. Right. So in the first six months, probably the first year run towards demand generation and run toward the metrics and provide a massive, just shine a massive flashlight visibility on those metrics Mm. and understand them inside and out, because that is the language that it's, if you're looking to how do you translate if one side is speaking Spanish and one side is speaking English, what's the, what's the key? It's metrics, (laughs) (laughs) right? So you have to, it's hard to talk about brand strategy. It's hard to talk about SEO. There's a thousand opinions on how to run analysts, but numbers are numbers. So the more black and white that you can make it, come in and say, you know, it's amazing how many marketers I even asked that can't ask the most basic question. What percentage of the pipeline are you responsible for creating? Mm. Or what, what are the three things on your scorecard that are most important? And if you don't know that, then then you can't expect your investors in it. So you actually have to train people what questions to ask you. And so yeah. you have to drive that strategy. But yeah, it starts with, in my opinion, having massive command over the numbers. Yeah. And then you earn all the credibility and then go and do some of the other work.
1: Totally. Now, I also know that in the last few Conversations you and I had, I love the, and I quote you all the time on this thing, uh, just so you <laughs> okay. know. It's like, you, you have, we have talked about the brand drives demand. Oh, it does. Right? Absolutely. And and building a brand is a big part of it. Yes. Um, are we saying, just to kind of make sure if somebody's listening to this who is an aspiring CMO or getting a CMO role now, yes. right, in the next 90 days or 100 days, we're saying that, hey, look, focus yes. on metrics. Is it almost like, well, if, if you walk into a company right now as a CMO, yes. like today, and you are trying to figure out and their brand is broken yes. and their metrics are broken. Yes. And you are almost like, OK, come fix it. And everybody's going to ask from CEO to board, like fix yes. everything. Yes.
0: What do you focus on first? I have so much. I'm ready to jump in my <laughs> chair. I really am. I have so much. You, you focus on demand generation. Right. So brand is demand generation, but it's long term demand generation. Right. Okay. The problem is to build an effective brand, to get it built into the marketplace, if you're really good, that's an 18-month exercise. Mm. You don't have 18 months. At that point, you've sat through four board meetings where you've got your tail kicked. Yeah. So <laughs> if you look at any other SaaS category leader, the way they've approached marketing is a very strategic function. And basically, I actually view my job as to create as a marketer to build a platform mm. that you're creating an unlimited amount of inbound demand. Mm. But it, creates, it, it takes time to do that. Yeah. So in the first six months, you focus on demand generation in a way that you can create as much leads and buy-in from the sales team. Yeah. Just simply like quick wins, quick yeah. wins, quick wins, quick wins. So you're, you're going to get to the longer-term stuff. So if you imagine, let's just say brand and demand aren't related. Yeah. You have two lines, and, and demand generation kind of goes up and to the right, mm. and brand kind of goes down and yeah. the, the other way. Eventually, you will be spending, in three to five years' time, I believe if you're doing marketing right, you're spending most all of your time on creating brand mm. and creating inbound demand. Mm. But in the very beginning, you have to be very much focused on outbound and yeah. getting the right level. and, and So it's, it's, it's putting that shot of energy into the system yeah. and getting the muscle memory going for how to do this and getting yeah. the credibility with the sales team. Yeah. And then what you do is you turn it slightly more to, you know what, we're still going to do demand generation, Yeah, but we're going to do some things that are slightly more creative to our brand. So we're going to lean a little bit heavier into an event, Yeah, a good example where I right. say it. So we're going to invest in somebody else's user conference in a way that maybe marketing can't give back $3 for every dollar spent, but we can still give back $2 for every right. dollar spent. But you're doing it in a way that builds the brand. So yeah. it's always demand generation and brand and how they go together. It's just how do you, if you imagine a dial, it's just how do you slowly turn it?
1: Yeah, I love that man because I think people do look at uh, companies like like Terminus and Drift and and look at it and say that wow, you know, you guys are building bigger brand out there, uh, but without without driving demand, demand like we're not building branches for the sake of it. Uh, I was on a call with both cancel, David cancel and, and David Gerhardt. And we talked about this. It's like, hey, it's fun that people look at it and compare and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is that we will not be in existence right now if we didn't have the demand and if we didn't have the pipeline, the revenue and the sales team wouldn't be excited about all the things that we're doing if that didn't translate into more demos for them and more pipeline revenue for them. So it goes hand in hand. It's... What people see externally and what you do internally as a CMO, I think, has become a bigger and bigger question. Yeah. What's your perspective as we kind of get towards the finish of this thing is that, well, we talked about a lot of these internal things, right? And this idea of a CMO, you know, really helping sales, making that as the number one priority for, for his role in the first 90, 100 days and helping the board understand what his prior priorities are. How does a CMO also, or should the CMO also start thinking about an external view of the world. So how does outside in look for, for the company?
0: Yes. Love this. (laughs) Love it. I think you, um, look, I am a huge fan. I use an expression of a lot of pick the end of mine and work backwards. And so you have to have a short-term view and a long-term view. And so I think it's really important to look three years out from now, what do you really want to accomplish? What are the three big goals? And so I'll be very specific. My Mm -hmm. goals at exact target, the first goal that was first and foremost was to generate Half of the close one new business that happened in a quarter would come from, would be sourced from the marketing team. Okay. The second one was all about building a world-class brand. And this was actually the most important one to me, but we mm-hmm. had to, it was going to take time to get to. Yep. I think when I started at exact Target, we got maybe six to eight inbound RFPs in a year. Mm. And I had cast a division that it would be inconceivable for any decision maker who wanted to buy an email for Exact Target not to be in the RFP. Yeah. So if you start with that end in mind and work backwards, what has to happen? You have to win the hearts and minds of analysts, you have to yeah. win the hearts and minds of buyers. You have to create a compelling band. Brand. Yeah. You have to create a compelling story. Love that. that takes a few years to do. Yeah. And you know, five years later, we got it was nearly five hundred inbound RFPs, mm. completely, wow. as you would say, flip the funnel. Yeah. We change this, this, wow. this inbound. that is flipping the funnel. Yeah. And I think the number of inbound RFPs you're getting is actually a great proxy or measure for yeah. brand because you, right. just, you have to win the hearts and minds. And the third one, and it might have been unique to us, but it was all about culture. Yeah. My view is that marketing, and it was putting a stake in the sand, it was a much more provocative idea at the time than it is now, you know, uh, five years ago. But marketing needs to own culture. HR alone can't do that. So as a third pillar, we're going to consciously invest in employee experience the same way we would our most important prospects. So these were our our goals. The first one gave me the credibility to the second one. The second one gave me the most kind of credibility to go and do the third one. So they all tied together. And then I think by really investing in employees at the end of the day is what then it creates this virtuous cycle where all three of those things tied together. But you have to drive crystal clarity on this is what we stand for, this is why, this is how we're measuring it, and it's a short-term and a long-term game. I love that. I think that's that's a
1: perfect finish for this. So I'm going to try to wrap up with some of the things that I learned and took notes on, uh, but as we end this, I would love for you to share a challenge. For anybody who is a CMO or aspiring CMO or is going to a board meeting and listening to this, like, what is the one thing he or she should think about and make sure that they're doing in preparation for a board meeting, as we're about to go in our yes. board meeting? All right. So the first thing, I think, I think you put it really straight up for everybody. It is operator's responsibility. It is your responsibility. To see them. It's not your CEO's responsibility. It's not your board's responsibility. It's your responsibility to set the stage, make sure people understand what the priorities are what are you working on, what, and what probably you're not working on. So it's really clear exactly. because if you want to work, if you, they want you to work on it, then you need more budget or whatever. You have to be just clear. You can't say yes to everything. Yes. So I think prioritization was, was really, really big. Brand drives demand, and, and we've talked about this in the past. Uh, that's one of the most infamous quotes from you in, in some of the past conversations. But if you have to pick, and if you're starting on right now, pick demand work on demand generation, make sure you have credibility with sales because that's what's going to give you the currency to run and do all the fun things, as you said. So I love that. And then I think people should really take this to heart when you kind of finished off saying that you need to start with end in mind. And I think I'm learning that, that that's really important. It's hard to do because you get into the day-to-day activities and you just forget about it. Yeah. And then uh, then you, before you know, you're just doing task after task after task. And, and you never took the time to take a step back and say, what, what are we really trying to do? So I love that you articulated the three goals uh, that you had when you ran Exact Target all the way to take them to public. And then obviously acquisition by Salesforce for $2.5 billion. So this is actual stuff that, that worked which is you said you're going to own and have 50% of the marketing influence on the revenue. You're going to build a brand, and you're going to have culture as one of the three things that you're going to focus on. And I think articulating in that way, you can always go back and say, well, that thing doesn't fit this, so I'm not going to focus on it. So it actually gives you the ability to have more intelligent conversations probably in the company. So casting a vision like that seems like a really good thing. So unless I missed something, like I, no, I want to... money. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> this is awesome. And I always love taking notes on all of these things.
0: What is the one yeah. challenge that you want to give to everyone who's walking into a board meeting? You know, we had a tough board at Exector. <laughs> they were a great board, but we had some legendary SaaS investors yeah. on our board, Battery and Scale and TCV and Insight. And I think one of the things that I realize now, and here would be the, the challenge, realize that... The board, even though they're technically on the other side of the table, they're mm-hmm. on the same side of the table. Yeah. They want you to succeed. Yeah, they want you to win. When they're no asking doubt. tough, probing questions. It's actually to help set you up better for success. Yeah, I would say two or three things to close. One, have command of your business. There's mm-hmm. no excuse. People are going to ask a lot of questions and they're going to want to know metrics. Understand the perspective of the person who's asking the question Yeah, and feel free to even reframe it. So yeah. if they ask, what's the number of leads that you created in this quarter? Mm. Well, I understand the question, but we're really driving more toward an ABM strategy. Yeah. We don't think about it as the number of leads. Yeah. I think what you're asking is what impact did marketing have on the sales mm. pipeline? Yeah. The impact we have is the following. Yeah. Right? So understand the intent behind somebody's question, right? right? Yeah. And feel free to reframe that. Yeah, Don't go down a rabbit's hole with a lot of the detail. Frame yeah. it at the highest, most strategic level. But when somebody is ready to go deep, I spent a lot of time with my finance team going Mm. into board meetings and I wanted them to be my biggest advocates. So the board or somebody was hammering on me, actually the head of sales or the head of finance would step in and say, you know what? We've looked at all these, this is right. Marketing's delivering the numbers. So build your allies around the table with you. So they're, they're part of this discussion. Finance and sales, I think are the two most important ones to do that. And then I think, what I've actually learned now that I've been on the venture side, I think I'd be even a more effective operator because I understand mm. the the intent and what people are trying to do. When you're an operator, you are so heads down yeah. doing the one thing that you're doing. And I would always wonder, how could I my VC <laughs> ask such a smart well, because they're sitting on six or other yeah. boards. And this idea of pattern recognition is really real. Yeah. Spend some time with your board members. Yeah. And spend some time and really ask good, thoughtful probing questions yeah and i think sometimes having a bit of the meeting before the meeting yeah and socializing some concepts and here's what we're working on And you've yeah. done a great job of this yeah. and just realize that everybody is in this together yeah everybody wants this to work yes and they're just coming at it from two different points of view so put yourself in the shoes the other person is asking the question and try to understand intent of the question before you automatically jump into the defensive
1: Man, love that. This is going to get back into the top 10 for sure. Oh, good. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for
0: another incredible Flip My Funnel episode. Thanks, man. (laughs) You bet. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.